Welcome to Talking Tuesday. I am your host, Fancy Quant, and today we're going to talk about the great resignation that has been happening here, kind of an impact of COVID, kind of an impact of a bunch of things going on, and yet I fell into this trap of thinking, oh, the great resignation is because, you know, I went online and I found some articles, for example, like the Harvard Business School Review, and I kind of looked at, you know, oh, there's resignation rates are highest among mid-career employees, resignations are highest in the tech and healthcare industries. You know, there's quantifying the problems just difficult. People are really wanting promotions. They're wanting more money. That's really the driving force behind this. You know, with COVID and everything, that's really why it's happening. But that's not really what's going on. And I think there's a Pew Research, so pewresearch.org, Pew Research Center, well-known. I'll put it in the description of the podcast and then the YouTube video here as well. I think these are slightly touching on more of this, but for many of you that don't know who aren't actually following me on YouTube and the podcast here, I left the entire working industry as a whole. I just, I quit, I left, I washed my hands of the whole nonsense, and I'm just taking time off. And many of you know this, but for those of you that don't, I am literally just leaving. I don't have a date, I don't have a target date. I'm not like, okay, I'm gonna take off a month or two months, or I don't have like a number set up. I'm just taking time off to like reset and to get figured out what's going on here. But one of these big reasons, I think, why we're seeing so many people quitting here. So I'll go to this Pew Research here. They have a few things listed. They did a little study here for 2021. Uh, Of course, they conclude, you know, low pay, no advancement on opportunities. And of course, the number one reason is pay was too low. Number two was no opportunities for advancement. Number three, it was felt disrespected at work. I think this is kind of odd, but I kind of understand this and I see what's going on. Uh, Number four is because of children care issues. Number five, not enough flexibility to choose when to put in hours. Number six, benefits weren't good. Number seven, wanted to relocate to a different area. Number eight, working too many hours. Number nine, working too few hours. And 10, employees required a COVID-19 vaccine here. So, I think you have to look at this as an entire kind of like problem masked in itself here. So when COVID hit, I think it's important to realize COVID has changed the working environment, not just because we're working from home. So at a full disclosure, I was working from home for the last eight years, probably. I have been working from home part time. So I'm in the office. I am at home a few days a week. I've had this nice balance when I've jumped company to company. I've made like a big deal out of working from home. So I think the number one reason for working from home, just to get this out of the way, I don't think people fully understand the benefits of working from home, especially if you don't have so much stuff going on here. And what do I mean by this? So when you look at the Harvard Business Review, they point out in this study that the age group from 30 to 45 shockingly has a significantly higher amount of people that have resigned and have left the working you know, industries here, the working, I don't know, stiff, whatever you want to call it here. They've left. And they start to say, oh, it's because, you know, new hires really need the money. Older hires don't really need the money, but they're stable and they're set. But this group, you know, from 30 to 45, they're really concerned about getting those promotions. They're really wanting more money. And I think this is what some people are trying to point out when they say, okay, pay was too low in this Pew Research data. 
And so they say, okay, so the pay's too low and then they're not getting the promotions and they want to make all this money and that's why the 30 to 45-year-olds are quitting. And no, that's that's part of it. That's part of it. So it looks like it's part of it, but it's it's more complicated than that. And what do I mean by this? So the majority of people in the working world are not career-focused. I hate to say this. I know it offends a lot of people, but realistically, the majority of people just have a job. They don't have a career. They have a job. They literally show up. They put in the hours. They live to do other things in life. They don't live to work. Okay, People that have full-blown careers invest tons of time, tons of money, tons of resources. They really want to get ahead. They really are interested in what they're doing. So it's not necessarily just a bad thing about climbing, you know, the corporate ladders. It's also they just eat, sleep, and breathe what they do. And for me, I'm on the career side. I eat, sleep, and breathe quant finance, which is the realm I'm in. It's what I do. But we have to be realistic here. There's a lot of people, and I've worked with a lot of them, they would love to make more money. They would love to get a promotion. Don't get me wrong. But the reality is, that's just a job, right? They don't really care. There's not a lot of investment in sort of this job kind of thing. So it's not that they're quitting because they're not getting these promotions, they're not getting paid more, and they're really trying to climb the corporate ladder. What's really happening is people between the ages of 30 and 45 are typically families. And I think this is where all these articles are just skipping over because it's a a narrative, we can call it per se, that they don't want to look at. They don't want to consider this because it's not convenient to admit that most people are not career driven. We like to assume they are here. And I think what happens, so I'm in a good example of this as well, where I had a daughter in 2020 and you know, there are a lot of other things coming up here. So when you looked at some of these reasons for people leaving the workforce, pay was too low, no opportunities for advancement. Okay, we can draw those conclusions that, you know, maybe they're career people. But the other pieces I think that are important to look at are going to be things such as childcare issues. Um, again, we're going to be looking at other things, for example, such as benefits weren't so great at work, or, you know, you felt disrespected at work, or there are other kind of things where it's like, I just wasn't feeling it, right? It was just a job. Now, I think when COVID hit, people started to realize, okay, I am trying to juggle a bunch of things. So if you're working from home and you're like me and you're honest about it, it is awesome to work from home because you can juggle your personal life. You can juggle your work life. You can integrate them into one cohesive life. So people have been complaining about, oh, we need separation. I need to come into the office at this time. I need to go home at this time and I can't be connected and yada, yada, yada. Okay, if you have a cell phone that's a work cell phone, you literally should just shut it off and put it away. I mean, there's just a little bit basic discipline principles here, which people aren't taking into account here. But the reality is if you can integrate them in a way such that when you are busy, you are working, but when you are not busy, you can multitask and get things done. Now, childcare has been huge for a lot of people here. So when you had COVID, you could not find childcare because guess what? They weren't taking kids because you might have COVID. So you can't get rid of your kid to go to work because you need to go and get a job and make money. So now you're stuck in this conundrum here. And I think people are now still kind of suffering in this cycle here where it's like, you know, work sucks. I felt disrespected at it, for example, is one of those reasons. Then benefits weren't great. You know, work's been a struggle. I can't balance everything. I'm so stressed out trying to have a family and have a career all in one. People are just saying, I'm done, right? I'm just done. I'm done with working. I'm done with this nonsense. I'm just not doing it anymore. And so those people I think have just left and they're done. 
So a lot of them that have spouses that make enough money, a lot of them are just being stay-at-home parents. And this makes complete sense here. I think this is one core piece we're missing from a lot of these kind of studies and discussions here. If you have kids, if you have a family, right, why stress yourself out? Why work, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week? Make some money, come home, and then you're still paying for daycare. You're still paying for, you know, sports activities. Um, there's just a lot of value added from being at home, better care. You know what your kid's doing. You can discipline your kid better. You can train your kid better. And most importantly, you can catch all the awesome milestones and spend a lot of quality time with your child here. And for me, this has been a massive driver here. When I left, I was stressed. I was tired of dealing with the nonsense. And being home with my daughter and my wife has been awesome. It has been great. I've had so much time to do actual meaningful things like podcasting, like working on the YouTube channel. Uh, My spirit had basically been killed and just, I don't know, beaten to death with all the nonsensical garbage you go through with working in an industry. Uh, There's so many headaches and hurdles and political issues and people whining and complaining because you're horrible because you did your job and they didn't do their job. And then, you know, the list goes on and on and there's, you know, finger pointing and blame games. And then you leave and you, you resign and you realize life is great again. Like for me, the quant finance side, so my career, my industry side, my brain has been like more excited lately about it. It's been thinking about these things deeper and I have the time because I'm not working full time on nonsensical problems that we churn out and do the same solutions and nobody wants to have an actual creative solution to get better results. So getting this balance here, really being able to take care of the child care component, I think is a massive piece here. Uh, the reality of working from home, so I've been doing this for eight years, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I use my time when I'm not busy doing work, like when I don't have work, doing personal things because it is awesome to be able to balance your life and get things done. And when you're slammed at work, I've been you know, at work, working extra hours at night, coding, getting things done, really excited to work on these projects when I started my career. And that's fine. And then you have regulatory reasons and you stay late to do all that type of stuff. And you have extra work with that. And the thing is, I've never mind putting in the extra time because when I've always been slow, because we have cycles in a lot of these jobs, especially business jobs, I've had times where I'm really slow. I have the time. Like I have the time on my lunch break, for example. I have an hour. It takes me 20 minutes to eat lunch. I have an extra 40 minutes. What am I going to do with my 40 minutes? Right? It's awesome to do the laundry, clean the bathroom. Uh, If you have kids, right? You can put your kid down for a nap. You can get a snack. You can get them set up. You can get them all ready to go, right? For the afternoon when you're working and you need to multitask, you can get them all working and doing their own thing and you have the time to do it. Or you're like me and you've got to run to the grocery store because you haven't had time to go to the grocery store and you're out of food. Or you need to go to your, I don't know, run and pick up something at Lowe's because, you know, your yard's dying and you need to get the fertilizer. Maybe you have 40 minutes to spread the fertilizer on your yard. Um, Again, multitasking, integrating these things together, I think is crucial. I think there's just too much of this manufacturing industrial revolution nonsense kind of baked into the system now where we think people have to work like nine to five. And for me, it's often easier and more convenient to work. Like right now I'm shooting this podcast at 9.53 PM. It's more convenient for me to work at night because my daughter is asleep. Uh, I'm not like wasting daylight hours where I can be outside, you know, building a podcast studio here. I don't know, taking care of my yard, beekeeping, gardening, all these things you can do only during daylight hours. But a lot of us are doing business things and I don't mind working at night. So having that flexibility has been one of those reasons I think a lot of people have just kind of left. 
And as I've pointed out here too, I think the flexibility piece kind of ties all this together. So again, if you feel like you're not getting paid that much and you could be doing better things with your time in your life, like now I'm looking at like, I, I could be doing all kinds of awesome things that give back to my communities. Um, I do like educational things, training things. There's people that want me to do workshops, for example. So I love doing this and being involved. Looking at the pay, looking at what you get for it, there's better opportunities. People are like resigning and just taking a break. People are going to new firms where you have more flexibility. So it's like, okay, you know, I might make more money or I might make the same amount of money or I might make less money, but I have all this awesome flexibility. And I knew a guy that took a 50% pay cut because they had full-time working from home. So imagine that 50% of your earnings just gone because you have the ability to work from home. And again, it's because you can balance the childcare. You can choose when you want to work. Your benefits, you know, might not be stellar here, but maybe you have a spouse that has better benefits. Maybe the new firm is really trying hard to attract new talent. So maybe you might get better benefits. Um, again, the COVID-19 vaccination policies are just completely rampant nonsense here, especially with the banks. So big shame on all the banks that require it. Um, I'll throw it out there too. One of the big names they came after me to recruit me and I said, you know, thanks for reaching out. I have no interest in working for you because I literally am not COVID-19 vaccinated. I'm not a, you know, follow the rules kind of guy here. I look at the stats. I look at the science behind it. And of course, building statistical models and seeing how people screw things up. Uh, there's a lot of hesitations and issues with this as long as, as well as the fact that there's not longitudinal data. So time series is my specialty. I understand the pitfalls and issues with longitudinal data itself. There's not enough data. So I have made the personal decision not to be vaccinated. But that being said, right, when you make mandates that you cannot work here because of this, you shot yourself in the foot. So this great resignation, I think, is really coming down to this big, all these reasons are coming together. The flexibility piece here, you know, I think that's the balance piece that everyone's looking for. We're all looking for better balance in life. The reason we're resigning, we want better balance. That's all it comes down to, right? I want to be able to have a life. I want to be able to live a life, regardless if it's a career, regardless if it's a job. I want to be able to live my life and work and make money and spend time with family and prioritize things the way that I see fit, while, of course, still providing value for these corporations and companies that need, you know, workers to get things done. Now, I get the other resignation piece here. Now, let's talk a little bit about economic drivers and inflation, there's definitely an inflation piece here. So there are jobs where you just don't have the flexibility and you can't do it. So like retail, for example, let's say you're working at some sort of retail store as a cashier. You have to physically be at, <laughs> at the register, right? You can't say like, oh, I'm going to, you know, work from home and do this, or I'm going to multitask and do 15 other things because the flow of customers is an important aspect. And if people come and go, right, you need to be there. I think this is one reason you see a lot of people quitting. One, there's the concern of COVID. You don't want to get sick. I completely understand that. There's a high risk with that. Um, there's also the piece that like you could just get a different job. You could work remote, right? There are customer service jobs that work remote. I know people that have left retail jobs for customer service jobs that are remote and they absolutely love it. They love the flexibility they love the different benefits here as well. So I think this is kind of a leading characteristic of this. And when you kind of look through the data, so I found some data on it earlier. I don't recall exactly which website I pulled it from. But when we looked at the data itself, we started to see that it wasn't necessarily industry specific, but you could see where COVID was hitting these. Like transportation, for example, 
was hit really hard. Makes complete sense with COVID, with you know manufacturing issues, products aren't being made on time. This is shortage created shortages, shortages of supply drive inflation. Inflation drives higher prices, and now you have less people working on top of this because of COVID issues. And you have kind of this cycle where it's like you can't catch up here. And I think this is important to point out as well for those of you that don't have a strong economics background. You can't just raise wages. So I'm going to drive this point home here to wrap up this podcast. You can't just increase wages because people don't understand the full economic system is a net and a self-balancing system. And people have spent hundreds of years trying to figure out how to cheat the system to magically make you know money out of nothing. That's not how it works. So the reason why this doesn't work. So right now, one of the key drivers for the inflationary issues is that there's a shortage of goods. We know there's a shortage of goods. We know it's caused by the fact that a lot of people aren't working, so they resigned. Uh, we're also looking at the fact that with COVID, when it specifically hit, uh, people weren't working as well because they were sick and at home. And even if they recovered and came back, other people were sick and they went home. And I heard horror stories of like companies that had like entire staffs that were out. They weren't operating for weeks or months at a time. And when you start looking at an economy, everything builds on itself. So you start saying, okay, you know, let's say, I don't know, let's look at food, for example. Let's say uh, you can't get fertilizer. The people that are like mining the fertilizer, they're sick and you can't get fertilizer. If you're low on fertilizer, you can't grow as many crops, which doesn't produce as much food, which results in less food in stores. Now, you also got to think about the fact that the guy that's transporting, driving the trucks that has the food from the farm to the store, if they're sick and there's not enough of those, now you have less food going to the store. And so you have kind of this layering effect of every single types of products out there. There's always going to be a bunch of people in this process from transportation, manufacturing, marketing, servicing, you know, all that under the sun of anything from like buying a lawnmower to buying groceries to buying gas. Everything's going to be impacted with all these different people that are involved in the process to bring these products or services to market. And so as we have this, you end up having shortages, okay? So we know that we have shortages here. When you have shortages of the things... Now everyone's trying to buy that, like toilet paper, when we all went mad and everyone's trying to buy toilet paper and prices skyrocket for toilet paper, for example, we just can't get it. It's just not there. Well, inflation is what causes the the famous quote goes is there's too many dollars chasing too few of goods. So realistically, there's too few of goods because we have a supply chain issue because of COVID, because of the great resignation here. And so now the issue is everybody's trying to hurry and buy things, but there's not enough of them. So everyone's willing to pay more and more and more for this. Now, everyone thinks, okay, the simple solution is what we're going to do. We're just going to increase minimum wage. That will fix everything, right? Everyone will get paid more. That'll fix everything. Well, no, it really doesn't. And this is why. Again, this balancing effect in economics. The issue is, is when you end up increasing wages. So let's think about, I don't know. Let's think about like grocery stores, for example. Let's say you increase minimum wage again. You're increasing, let's say, the workers on the farm. So now to produce, let's say, I don't know, potatoes, um, those guys that are working to pick potatoes, grow potatoes, you're going to have to pay them more. So now it costs the farmer more to grow those potatoes. Now, if you pay the truck drivers more as well, it now costs more to take those same potatoes and transport them to the grocery store. And then on top of that, it costs more money to have the employees at the grocery store stock the potatoes on the shelf for you. And then finally, it costs more money to have the person at the cash register that checks you out or watches the self-checkout lanes. Uh, it costs more money because now you're paying them more to have them 
sell you those goods. So now what happens is everybody in this process has to increase their profits. So you think profits are evil. Even if you squeeze the profit margin, a lot of times the hikes in minimum wage are so big that now you're losing money on everything you sell. So in the potato example, so we say it's $1.50 a pound. If you end up raising all these minimum wages, you raise wages in general, it ends up happening now as potatoes go from $1.50 a pound to, let's say, I don't know, two fifty dollars a pound, right? They have to because the farmer now can only produce the potatoes, let's say, for $1.40. So he's only making $0.10 cents a pound on potatoes, which you think is a lot, but it's just enough to get him by so that he can grow potatoes next year and pay for his house and the bare essentials, right? He's not getting rich off of growing potatoes here. But when you increase all these wages, now the issue is, is that they have to sell them for more because now the fertilizer costs more, the labor costs more to pick them and grow them and all that. And so you end up now creating this issue where now I have to raise the price of all these goods to be able to keep producing goods. If people take a loss, they're just not going to produce anything. Now, we looked at the supply chain issue when you have these issues, so we deviate a little bit here. But if you have supply chain issues and now people aren't willing to produce things because now costs are too high and people aren't going to buy them and I'm going to have a loss, you're going to have an even greater shortage here. So people are going to refuse to make things and refuse to work. There's less jobs and you end up in this stuck cycle that goes around and around and around. And so we end up in this bad cycle here where we're now in this just horrible situation where you have bad inflation, you have a shortage of goods, you have the great resignation happening, people not wanting to work. I don't know the full solution to this, guys. There's no magical wand. I don't wave it and say, if we just made this one policy change, it would fix everything under the sun. I don't think it's quite that simple. But with the great resignation here, I really am starting to understand what people are thinking about here. We need to start changing and shifting away from the industrial revolution work of like, you show up at this time, you leave at this time, uh, you know, you just clock in, you clock out, and then we just kind of churn out these hours and we've lost meaning with our work here. So the great resignation, I think, is really coming to this, there's just a bunch of things going on with just poor work environments. The working from home ability, I think, has really opened the eyes of many people to realize this is a far better benefit, not just from working from home. It's less stress, less colleague stress, uh, the ability to multitask, take care of your family and your kids and make it all work. So those are just my two cents on this. This is kind of the issues I see going here. My little bit of rant here on supply chain issues as well and shortages and inflationary issues. And again, there's no simple, easy solution, guys. No politician, they can promise you everything they want. There's no easy solution where you just say, if we just did ABC, it would magically fix itself. Uh, but on the great resignation thing, I think corporations can start learning from this a little bit, start digging through the data and realizing, okay, working from home might be a great option if those employers are in jobs that allow working from home. So again, retail is not a good example because you know you have to actually physically be there. But there are other jobs where you can work remote, allowing people to work remote, allowing more flexible hours, um, Again, I'm not a big fan of saying, let's just raise pay because that's not really going to fix the problem. Uh, you still have to consider the economics of everything and how it balances out. And corporations aren't these massive, corp-like, greedy organizations that are just making all this money. I know everyone likes to think that. That is not the reality here. Uh, but anyways, I think if companies were a little more flexible, you worked a little more with your employees, you somewhat understood the fact that just because the worst statement I consistently hear is, you know, when I was your age, you know, I had a family and kids and I worked and whatever, whatever. And, you know, you can just deal with it. Well, people don't want to hear that. And especially you have other companies that are open and willing to do things that are much better for you and are more flexible. 
those are things you should really consider here. So if you're going to be a corporation, really think hard about the types of people you're getting. Really think about, you know, you'll have a much larger pool of candidates if you don't have COVID-19 vaccines and you don't have return to office, I don't know, mandates and policies and everything. It just makes it far better. So anyways, those are my two cents. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And as always, until next time.